Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. Well, the carnival is officially here at Albion Park. It starts this Saturday night, July 10. What a night it's going to be. The inaugural running of the Rising Sun, the barrier draw conducted last night. The following week, we've got a stack of features, including another new Group 1 race. It's the Group 1 Golden Girl for the Mayors, and then we wrap it all up on July 24 with the Tab Blacks of Fake. So three great Saturday nights coming up at Albion Park. Looking forward to seeing everyone at the creek over the next couple of weeks. As I said, the feature this weekend is the new race on the Queensland Harness Racing calendar. And what a race it is because it's creating so much chit-chat amongst a lot of different parties involved uh, directly or indirectly with harness racing. As I said, the barrier draw was conducted last night. The field was released late yesterday afternoon. And what a race this is going to be. It comes through as race number seven on Saturday night at Albion Park. $250,000. That's for the four year olds there's two three-year-olds that have secured invitations for this race and if they happen to win they pick up an extra one hundred thousand dollars on top of that prize money that's already been set so it's going to be a fascinating race there's so much star power involved just going through the barrier draw for you we've got krug cashed up amazing dream kowalski analysis bundoran the emergency i like me better Send it draws the outside of the front row. Second row runners, Blacks a Dance, Expensive Ego, Spirit of St. Louis, Crunch Time, Mac Da Vinci, and copy that. Currently with Tab, the favourite is Expensive Ego. He was the favourite pre-post. He remains the favourite following the barrier draw. But the Kiwi, copy that. He set tons wagging on Saturday night with that breathtaking display taking out the feature the Wandai's made. His trainer is Ray Green. He joins us online now. Ray, appreciate the time. You're welcome. Chris, yep. let's talk about positives and negatives. And there's plenty in both areas for copy that. We'll start with the positives. Saturday night, wow, that was just spectacular. Yes, he's uh, he's, he's very capable of pulling that sort of thing off. And, um, yes, it was spectacular. I was quite surprised to see him actually get up. Uh, I thought he was... Uh, I thought he was a forlorn hope at, uh, on the corner, but yeah, it was great, 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 great performance. Yeah, it certainly was. 152.7, tracked slightly off as well with constant rain throughout the day. What was the part that impressed you the most, Ray? Um, well, the way, the way he accelerated when he did get out, because he he's had to drag him sideways and he got a little off balance. Um, when he got him out there, and uh, just how quickly he he uh, found his feet again, and um, he just dug holes in the track. He, yeah, and to really underline how well he finished off, he was able to score by a meter and three quarters. So he was actually drawing away from his rivals. Yes, look, you have to ask uh, how how far would he have won if he'd have um, got out. 50 metres sooner, you know, so it was uh, it was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy with him because he's been under a cloud from um, his previous start in the Jewels and, and at Cambridge and um, where he had a, a very below par performance, so you sort of you sort of worry about that he's um, you know, he's still in that sort of mode, but um, yeah, I was glad to see him back. 
Did the trial the week before give you confidence that that run at Cambridge that you outlined on Jules Day was just one of those Mr Flying flops and then he trialled well but then backing it up and delivering that performance on Saturday night, do we simply just turn the page and just think, well, it was just one of those days for, for Coppy that, that day on Jules Day? So he's obviously taken no harm from it because uh, he looked better than ever there on Saturday night. Yes, yes. Well, it, it, these, some, sometimes it doesn't pay to dwell on these things. Um, you, you, you'd, you'd go crazy if you if you do. So um, yeah, we just turn the page, move on, and um, and uh, we'll just focus on what he did the other night, which was pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me, pre-race, when you were chatting with driver Anthony Butt. What, what sort of feeling were you getting from Anthony? How was he going to attack that race? Did you just feel he was going to sit on the inside drive for Lark? Did he sort of give any sort of hint that was coming? Well, we we didn't really want to um, subject him to a, a big overland marathon trip, you know. So the, the, the consensus of opinion was that we would just suck along on the fence um, where we, you know, full fence or wherever we ended up and uh, hopefully get into it late, which is exactly what happened, and um, it was good, yeah. So he, he actually, uh, in a sense, he had a good trip because he, he didn't spend a penny the, the whole way. He, he didn't have to exert himself to the last pit, whereas some of the others, they, they burned hard early, and um, it cost them at the finish. So it was, um, yeah, it went according to plan, really. Well, we didn't really have a plan. We just decided that um, we would just um, drive him for luck. Yeah. How's he come through the race, right? He's good. He's, he's feeling, actually feels really, really well, actually. I think it's enhanced him. You know, he's, um, he's quite bouncy this morning. And, um, yeah, so he, he's pretty, he's got a good constitution. He's a pretty tough horse. And uh, I think he'll handle the four weeks in a row quite well. Okay. Better than most, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask about the draw. You, you seem like you've walked under a ladder and you've been cursed because you had a shocking draw <laughs> on Jules Day, you had a bad draw on paper last week, and it looks like you've got another yeah. shocker again this Saturday night. You've gone from the inside of the second row to the outside of the second row, but that yeah. may not be a bad thing. There looks like there's going to be a lot of early pressure. Yeah, well, I'm sort of... Uh, I'm looking at the field, you'd have to presume that there's going to be a, a, a lot of lot of competition early in the race and um, and that's going to sort of set it up for anybody who's, who's stuck at the back and looking to come into it late so um, yeah I, it, it, it might work out well who knows it's, um, mm. but I think I think it'll be uh, there'll be a bit of action early <clears throat> which will play into our hands probably. So we'll just, uh, once again, we're just um, playing for luck, you know. Yeah. I'm fascinated to get your thoughts firstly on Krug. You know this guy well. You've raced against him all season long over there. But a three-year-old taking on the four-year-old, yes, he's got that inside gate there, gate one. But uh, with that inside draw brings pressure because you've got to use that inside gate. What are your thoughts on Krug, a three-year-old going up against the four-year-olds? Well, it's been my experience with three-year-olds, who have just solely raced in age group races that um, yeah the transition to open class uh, can be a bit can be tough but of course he's an exceptional horse so he'll probably handle it 
Um, but yeah, sometimes it, um, that transition is is uh, takes a bit of getting used to. So it'll be interesting to see how he shapes up. Well, just scanning the history books, right? You'll you'll appreciate this. There's been several horses that have been able to win the Great Northern and New Zealand Derby in the same season. The last time a horse won both of the derbies in New Zealand and then came to Queensland was 2005. It was Badlands Butte. That was you. Yes, yes, yes. We were very unlucky in the Derby at um, at um, uh, in Queensland Derby. He he, uh, he he got parked the whole way and. Uh, that one got up the passing lane and and uh, just nutted him on the line. And um, uh, Tony Hurley, who drove the horse, uh, he 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 said to me afterwards. He said that horse that beat us. He said I sold him for seven thousand last year to those people. So <laughs> so so yeah, it was a bit of bit of humour there. But um, yeah, we we were unlucky not to win that really. Well, my question is with that, would you start Badlands Butte against four-year-olds in that same year? Um, no, probably not. Didn't have to, but pro probably uh, not. I think it's a tough call. Um, but, you know, an exceptional horse like um, Krug could, would, might, might, might handle it. Okay. And what about expensive yeah. ego? You saw him last week. He went 52, quickest time of the night there on Saturday night. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's a beautiful, big, powerful runner. Um, I noticed they um, they like to put him in the race early, and um, he's obviously uh, one that's um, he's got a big motor. He can keep going. So he likes to race on the pace. So, um, yeah, he's... Um, He's a lovely horse, yeah. Is he the horse to beat? Um, I think so, yeah. Looking at the... And I, the draw might inconvenience him a little bit. Because, uh, as I say, he looks like a horse that likes to race on the pace and it might take him a little... Um, he might take him a little while to, to find the, the, the pace. But, um, yeah, no, he's the one to beat, all right. Okay. What about your owners, Merv and Meg Butterworth? Are they likely to make the trip up from Victoria this week? <clears throat> I think they'd like to. They had plans of coming up for the whole um, the whole uh, series, but um, I think the COVID thing has had something to do with uh, will have a lot to do with their uh, them coming up or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was spectacular on Saturday night, copy that, uh, off a bad draw, and he's got another bad draw this week ahead of the rising sun, but he's certainly going to be a major player, there's no doubt about it. Ray, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside on the weekend. Okay, okay, thanks, Chris. There's Ray Green joining us, one of the true gentlemen of harness racing, and he's got a terrific chance. He was spectacular last Saturday night. Copy that. Speaking of spectacular last Saturday night, Summit Bloodstock, they had three winners, and they went within an inch of getting a quartet ranger bomb, just missing out to bring up the quartet. But I'm sure Summit Bloodstock, the team involved with that uh, big organisation, would have been more than thrilled with the three winners. And they've got a, uh, a live ticket going into this big one on Saturday night, the Rising Sun, because 
was their horse, is Spirit of St. Louis. He's unbeaten since coming to Australia. He's a stable mate of expensive ego, but he's been kept very safe by the tab bookies as well. He faces a second-line draw. He's got gate 10. He's right alongside of expensive ego. He did the job in good style last week, no doubt about it. The man behind uh, uh, Summit Bloodstock is Jamie Dernberger-Smith, and he's online with us now. Jamie, congratulations for last week, and uh, can you top it off this week with a Group 1 victory? Uh, good morning, Eagle Eye. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on the show again. Well, I hope so. Um, the draw, we were hoping for either 9 or 10. We got 10, so we're pretty chuffed. And to be straight on the expensive egos back with a bit of luck, yeah, I think we'll be right in it. There was a little bit of chit-chat going into this uh, this field being announced yesterday. Who was in, who was out? And there were some that were willing to say that Spirit of uh, St. Louis didn't sort of, you know, fit the bill. He didn't meet the criteria. What were your thoughts about that? Oh, well, he's the, the fastest horse we've ever clocked. Um, just go back through his replays and watch how much high speed he's got. It's, yeah, he brings just brings another dimension to the race. Um, if they go crazy early, they'll definitely know he's in it. Would I be right in saying we haven't seen the best of uh, of Spirit of St. Louis yet because he's been driven in a manner which is probably out of his comfort zone owing to the fact that he started short price favourite in each of the three runs so far, but he's much better following a really genuine speed? 100%. He's had to be driven upside down to try and get into this race um, and he's just done exactly what he, what he had to. Last week when he won on Saturday night, Luke didn't even really hardly push him, just ambled up outside Italian lad and then just tapped him once and then he put him away. So when he gets into this race and there's a lot of high speed on, which I suspect there will be, Kowalski analysis I'm sure will launch. Krug's got a launch, so could be on for young and old early. So, yeah, he'll be in it with a big, big show with a nice suck along. So very excited. So that's why you wanted that second row draw, either 9 or 10, just so you can sort of stay out of that early hustle, put him into a good spot and let him just follow that speed, and then when the whips are cracking, he'll be right there. Yeah, stay off the, stay out of the early hustle and be one-off ASAP. So the draw's near on perfect, and to be following a horse like Expensive Ego, we're yeah, very happy with the draw. Okay. Now, as far as a driver is concerned, uh, has there been any sort of preliminary discussions about which way you're likely to go at this point? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Lukey and I will talk sometime today, I'm sure, and we'll go over it. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave that at that. Okay, fair enough. Now, talking about these uh, these big guns, you know, the, all the hype is about Krug, Expensive Ego, and copy that. Which one do you like more out of that trio, firstly? Well, I'd, I'd have to say um, Expensive Ego. I, I really think, in my eyes, and we do all the replays, we think he's the best horse in the Southern Hemisphere. So we, we honestly think he's the one to beat. What he did last week, you'd know, Chris, to, do it, to sit three wide for that long in 52, then go to the depth and beat them, that's just unheard of. Hmm. So did you rate him higher than King of Swing? In my eyes, yes. <laughs> OK, OK. What about the Kiwis? Krug off that Reckliff Derby and copy that, who, who won the Wandai's made an exceptional manner last week. How do you rate those guys? I think with the draw, Krug definitely has a bigger show than copy that. The draw's really uh, hurt him drawing outside the second row. It's going to make it very, very tough. 
Uh, even if they go really hard, there's going to be a lot of horses in front of him that are going to be getting soft runs also. So he's got to come from behind them. Um, yeah, it's made it tough for them, guys. Okay. And then just going through it, uh, away from that big trio, is there something else in that field that you feel is capable of taking this race with any sort of luck? Well, if Kowalski analysis crosses, which my map has got him crossing, he's got to be extremely hard to beat being on the fence. Um, there is that slight question mark with Krug. Um, I, I was there Jules Day and definitely headed BD Joe and then BD Joe kicked back and beat him. So with Kowalski analysis in front, he's got to be hard to beat. Okay. Well, it's going to be a great race. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you're involved in the first ever Rising Sun. Uh, you know, you're, you're still getting a lot of owners into the sport. What's your take on the Rising Sun? Well, firstly, David Brick, Brad Steele, Scott Steele, the, the job that these boys have done is just crazy. I haven't seen a hype like this for a race in harness racing in my couple of decades since I've been in the game. Um, it feels like a cox plate. Like, the build-up is just so crazy and the amount of calls and well wishes we get from everyone and I'm sure all the other runners are experiencing the same thing. We, we at Summit Bloodstock, we really feel like this is Harness Racing's chance for this to become our first slot race. It would be just perfect and I can't see why people wouldn't jump on the bandwagon. So, yeah, hopefully the boys said... Um, at uh, Queensland Racing, hear that, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so you, you think it has sort of grounds to be similar to, to a race like the Everest? 100%. The, this, and by having it as a three- and four-year-old race series and with the barrier draws being um, preference to three-year-olds and then then mares, it's, this could be something out of this world for this sport. I'm really, really excited to where they take this. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Now, going back to last Saturday night, the treble, in your wildest imaginations, did you think that you'd be able to achieve something like that so soon? Um, we've actually... Um, we've had... Oh, how many... We've had two nights where we had um, four winners. So this was... We got a treble. We we're, were very confident Rage of Bomb would win and make it the third time that we'd have four winners. Um, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, he was the same thing as Spirit of St. Louis. We had, we had to drive him kind of upside down to try and see if we could get into this race. Um, it's not really a chair horse, so it didn't really pan out, but the other runners were outstanding. Uh, La Bella Vita, oh, that was just unbelievable. We were, we were going bananas on that one, and we'd be pretty confident that she would book a ticket into the Golden Girls next week. She's drawn the car park, um, drawn 11 on Saturday night, so it's going to be tough for her. So she's a really nice progressing mare. Luke's done a great job with her. Um, got some New Zealand owners in her as well, so they're all pretty pumped. And humble lad, um, there's going to be a few gear changes on him. He gives up a bit of a heart attack um, at one point in the race. And Luke took off and they went 28-8 the second quarter. So he, that race, they went two seconds quicker than Pink Galar's race. So we're very excited for him. He's a very, very nice horse. And if you watched him in the prelim, he was pretty chubby, so... I think he'll do a lot of benefit at us. Yeah, he's a really well-credentialed Kiwi trotter who came across and, by all accounts, trialled exceptionally fast at Bendigo. I'm led to believe. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, a 27 flat quarter in him, so he's very very nice horse. Um, he yeah, we're very confident going into the um, Dale Alexander and the other Group One race. So 
yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Um, Matthew Williamson and Phil Williamson, they trained him. Oh, well, Matt, Phil drove, uh, trained him over there in New Zealand and Matthew drove him. And they both said that um, he'd be a very nice horse for Australia. They advertised him and no one bit. So we just called up and we bought him and we're very, very happy that we did. Okay, so the next couple of weeks could be really big for Summit Bloodstock. Spirit of St. Louis this week, you've got the Mayor's feature coming up with La Bella Vita, and then you've got the DJA final with Humble Lad. Yeah, that's it, and we should have a good day today. We've got four runners, and they're all favourites, so we should hopefully get some more winners today with a bit of luck. Is there one that you like above uh, all others, or you think they're all really good winning chances? Oh, I think they're all really good winning chances. Um, we've got... Um, at an angle, we've got uh, American Flyer and uh, Chiller Bay for Belinda and Luke McCarthy. Um, and then up in Park, we've got a Hope of Chopper in. Luke's driving him for them guys again. And we've got a, a new first starter at Gloucester Park called Orlando Blue. So he's obviously the roughest one. He's drawn eight at Gloucester Park, so it makes it tough. But we think they're all very, very big chances today. All right. Excellent. Well, we wish you the best of luck there. Just going back to this weekend, how many people are expected to be on course at Albion Park? From our guys? Yeah. Uh, I'd suspect there'd be at least a couple of dozen. OK. <laughs> and with Spirit of St. Louis, is there any first-timers involved in the ownership of this guy? Yeah, there are plenty of first-timers in him. Um, uh, Adam Walsh, one of our part owners, he's in a lot of our horses. Um, he brought on another three blokes. So for them to own a horse like this, their very first horse, it's pretty crazy. But it makes it hard for us because now they kind of expect good horses like this. So <laughs> we've got, it's raised the bar nice and early. But they're loving it. They'll be there Saturday night. And, yeah, we know what it feels like to win, the, to win good races. We've never won a Group 1 in our time that we've done this. But to win nice races. But if we win this race, I'm sure it'll be party time. So... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you've got a great chance in a Group 1 on Saturday night with Spirit of St. Louis, unbeaten since being under your care, and he puts that record on the line in a great race, the Rising Sun. Jamie, really appreciate the time. Congratulations for the treble last weekend. Continued success today, and we'll see you trackside on the weekend. I'll see you there, mate. Thank you very much. There's Jamie Dernberger-Smith joining us from Summit Bloodstock. So they were certainly to the fore there last Saturday night. And Spirit of St. Louis, he's definitely a live chance. He's considered to be a real smoky because, as it stands, we just don't know how good this guy currently is. He's three for three, been driven out of the comfort zone, and he's going to get a genuine speed in this race on Saturday night. So it's going to be a fascinating contest. You can go to the tab market right now, check it out. We're going to be talking about it all week long. Jared Daffy will join us on Friday. Darren Clayton will be on air tomorrow. He'll be having his two bobs worth, and he'll join us again on Friday to go all through the rising sun and what the key fancies are. And I'm sure this man's got a, a thought on the race as well. Racetrack Ralphie, he's online each and every Tuesday. He gives us the good oil each and every week. He's online with us now. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. What is your early thought on the rising sun? Who do you fancy? Well, it completely changed after the barrier draw last night. But, uh, look, it's hard to say with expensive ego. You don't know how much that run took out of him um, last week. Um, so I'm up in the air there, but uh, after the draw, I've got to look at number one. Go the one, Krug. Okay, go the Kiwi Colt. Race seven, number one, Krug for Racetrack Ralphie. We've got a, a nine-event program coming through today. Action gets underway at 1.17, so a few hours from now. 
What is your best bet on today's program? Uh, Chris, I've gone uh, in race six, number 10, Mullum Flow. Now, she's a very progressive three-year-old filly. She's had two wins from five starts, and uh, she just keeps on improving every time she steps out. Um, although she was beaten at the last start, it was an excellent effort considering the sectionals clocked in that race. The draw today is not ideal, but uh, I think her class will carry her a long way. And uh, I'm expecting her to be very strong late. So look out for those white colours of the Kid Angus Garrard at the finish. Now, the race is also the uh, opening leg of the uh, Tab Treble. So I'm suggesting you maybe even stand her out if you're playing the exotics. Yep, OK. Well, there you have it. So we can go one out there. Race six, number 10, Mullum Flow, the best bet for Racetrack Ralphie. That opening leg of the Quaddy Race 5, that looks open, so that might be a good option to play. We can just uh, tie it all up with Mullum Flow there in race number six, first leg of the treble as well, and then play probably a little wider in races seven and eight. So that's the one today. Race six, number 10. Race six, number 10, Mullum Flow. Sounds like okay. the pair plan. All right. Well, that sounds good. It's it's going to be a great night on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. The Rising Sun, first ever edition. It's it's going to be a ripper. Barrier draws made it very intriguing, but there's plenty of other stars stepping out on Saturday night as well. A lot to look forward to. Get to the trackside, I'm tipping. Oh, that's for sure. Especially those uh, Daryl Alexander heats. They're, they're just shaping up. That final's going to be a ripper. Mm. Which, which one did you like more last week, Humble Lad or Pink Galahs? Oh, I'm a pink Galahs man. Yeah, it's hard to uh, hard not to be a fan. She's so little, but uh, she can move. Yeah, there were some great runs in those heats as well, so uh, there might be a couple of Smokies to look out for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Ralphie, we'll take the tip with race six, number 10, Mullen Flow. We'll see you trackside later today. Okay, thanks, Chris.